0: It's been a while, people. Maybe I can speak now. Shut
1: Ready. time out. Time
0: out. It's fundamental, okay. number one podcast from the get-go good, yeah. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental It's basketball and all its essences, it's full of pop culture references Okay. <laughs> Point guards to stretch fours and fives, the last Buffy episode, despite surviving? Uh, Yeah. Never mind, let me get on track Houston had a good run, and a team was stacked We had plans for the T-Wolves, y'all remember? Uh, yeah. Quick question in set, who's your favorite Remember? Oops, uh, I did it again Hold up, wait, best team on the court? Probably Golden State, yeah. Curry and them? Yeah, they out this world, but that's Gray's top five. He's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is the Ray, Ray is Fundamental podcast, episode 118. Right now, it's July 7th, 2020, but the main interview was recorded July the 6th, 2020. I am RayRay Ray because, obviously, who knows a podcast called RayRay Ray is Fundamental? So, it's been a month. I know it's a huge gap between podcasts, but honestly, it's been a rough month. Um, Not just for me, but the entire world. We're still in this pandemic. It's been almost four months since it started. And part of the reason why I haven't podcasted in a while was that after the last episode, which honestly doesn't look great on me at the moment, but it's because, yes, while I can enhance other voices by having them on, I also felt like I'd be having a shot of turn while all this is going on. And also, I've had migraines. This show that's happening on July 7th was supposed to happen on June 30th. And it didn't happen, but what are you going to do? Right? So, and. How much sports could we talk anyway? We can only say, oh, this shouldn't be happening many times, which has been a recurring theme in this show. And now that we're getting closer to some sports possibly returning, I mean, we don't know yet because there are already things happening. So, maybe it was a good time to bring it back. Not that more, I thought that more important issues should be silenced, but I feel like it's a more appropriate time to have this show back. So, for this episode, I have Derek James, a longtime friend of mine. He's been covering the Minnesota Timberwolves for A Wolf Among Wolves, and Candace Hoopus. <clears throat> and he's going to cover the Seattle Storm or the WNBA for the next, which concentrates on women's basketball. I felt bad for actually had to postpone this appearance, because, I mean, I asked him about it, like, probably last May, and he's just getting this episode now, so, my apologies. Anyway, we talk about what's going on, how he got started in this biz, and how his basketball game is. Ooh, exciting. Anyway, before we get started, let me remind you that you can find his podcast wherever podcasts are available, Apple. Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, etc. And of course, if all else fails, you can go to RayRay.net slash fun for the archive. Follow me on Twitter at TheNoLookPass, and TheNoLookPass.com should be active once the NBA and WNBA seasons resume and restart respectively. Got it? Good. Here's the very talented and handsome Derek James.
1: Hi, this is Katie Forbes from Twitter, and you are listening to RayRay is Fundamental Podcast.
0: From Twitter. <laughs> that's hilarious. From
1: Twitter, yep. Like, yeah. like that's like a, like I'm like a celebrity, but instead it's a social platform <laughs> with like millions of people on it.
0: Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast, episode 118. My guest. He writes Minnesota Timberwolves for A Wolf Among Wolves and Canis Hoopas. Also writes about the Seattle Storm on the next, which concentrates on women's basketball. Longtime friend of mine who I somehow never had on a
1: podcast. His name is Derek James. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me in the nice intro. Of course. So, first off, how are
0: you during this, how long is this now? Nearly four months of this pandemic.
1: Yeah, we just got at um, my day job, we just got the email that it's now week 16. So it's officially four months of um, away from home. And now, you know, we're worse off than when we started. But um, (laughs) the adaptation for me has actually been...
0: So, there's been no entertainment, no sports, so how do you entertain yourself in this pandemic? Uh,
1: so, aside from working, um, it kind of feels almost like being a high schooler again in some ways. <laughs> Just, like, You know, you can't go out, you know, you can't see your friends, so playing a lot more video games. Uh, my fiancé got me into Animal Crossing when that came out, so it's been kind of a fun daily ritual. Um to get into and then playing more guitar again which is something I wanted to get back into after graduation I wasn't working so much um, and then of course too finding you know basketball things to still write about because obviously I like, could still have interest and I think it's you know been a good chance to go back and watch old games or things that you might have missed or forgotten but um, something I used to do like when I first started writing was like really hungry and um, so to do that kind of stuff again it's kind of fun so yeah just about anything that I can. I'm to stay busy. Are you a gamer at all, or
0: because I, I find it's funny that um a few of my friends who are not gamers gone to Animal Crossing the past few months. It's fantastic. So,
1: um, I don't know about like I mean, I'm into video. I don't know if like what the cutoff line for gamer is. I guess. Like I don't really care <laughs> play, about the title. You play video like, games or whatever. I mean, I just say you're. you're yeah, the- yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I don't be like a poser or anything like that. Yeah, of So, no, so, yeah. like um. I've played a ton of Skyrim because um, I always loved Morrowind back in the day. So um, diving into that has been a lot of fun. And um, 2K, and NHL 18, anything—just <laughs> pretty much that's like, oh hey, I got nothing else to do, and I'm not spending money on, you know, these other things. You know, like I, I don't pay for gas anymore. Like I don't drive anywhere. So like, you know, you have a little more disposable income to throw at stuff and things that pique your interest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've done the same thing where I just buy a few video games here. Like you said, like we don't pay for gas anymore because, like, where the hell are we going to drive to? You
1: know what I mean? Well, like the cool thing too, like that I saw too, like with the Switch, like Nintendo just gives out like, all those old NES and SNES games for like the bundles for free. Mm-hmm. And like I know, like I've been online and seen you log in and play some of those old ones too. And yeah. it's just like kind of fun to dabble in those too. So it's like an endless library almost of yeah. games to play.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, so I know this is kind of a weird question right now to ask because it's, it's kind of harder to write about sports at the moment, right? So, um, how did you get started in this mess?
1: Uh, so I started out, um, basically with a blog spot, um, a (laughs) semester off from college. Like I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I needed something else to do. And like, I was working like a dead end job, stocking shelves at a grocery store and I, and it was a good outlet and, People for some reason cared about what I thought and I just tweeted out links to things that I posted and, you know, just gathered more and more steam and got good at networking, making friends online and you know, then people asked me to write for them and just kinda of one thing has just led to another and it's been probably it's been a lot more than I ever could have imagined when I first started out.
0: I think it's a lot of us, right? Because it was the same thing for me, blog spot and somehow some mm-hmm. dude uh, this was a long time ago. It's called Most Valuable Network. A long time ago, I saw my writing. After, like, three weeks on Blogspot, I'm just like, what the hell? Okay, sure, I'll do it. And then it went from there, and I got my own .com, and then got a few jobs. Like, it's so weird, right? Like, you just write about stuff, and it gets, mentioned, it gets seen online, and then, boom, you're somebody, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I, mean, I think the funny thing, too, is, like, too, is like you, you know, like, like, there are a lot of, like, writers, like, writers like, as, like as, you know, like, I started... Um, getting to better and better places Mm -hmm. and they'd be like, you know, like, oh, what did you do and this or that? Like, there really is no rhyme or reason. Like, I don't, I mean, how many people have a blog? How many people like sports and things like that? There's really no, to me, like, no rhyme or reason why one person, you know, you know, ascends more than someone else maybe. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just, you know, the tolerance for, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money. And there are definitely, you know, more productive uses of your energy in that sense. Um, Yeah, I know. Maybe we just stuck with it and, you know, we were just passionate, more passionate (laughs) (laughs) passionate than the next guy. I don't know.
0: It just happens, right? So basketball has always been your sport because I know a few NBA bloggers, writers out there. They didn't start out with basketball. Like, they just kind of fell into it and then they're writing about it.
1: So I always started out with basketball. Um, I like all the other big sports, but basketball is always the one that I always had the connection with growing up. Like I grew up, I played baseball, I played basketball. Um, When I was a pudgy eighth grader, I played one year of football as an offensive lineman. Um, I grew up in a hockey family, um, though I've never been on ice skates, and I've lived in Minnesota (laughs) for 30 years. Um, So I don't know how that works, but I I love hockey too, but like, no, basketball has always been the one that I've just kind of gravitated to. Um, all these years.
0: Have you always been a Timberwolves fan? Because, th- obviously, the Wolves came in, like, when you were very, very young. <laughs> so...
1: Yeah, uh, 89, that would have been one. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. So, always the Wolves, right?
1: Yeah, I went to my first game, I think, 96-97 season. I remember it was against the Blazers. Oh. Yeah. Nice. and So, that was my First game. Um yeah, yeah so I pretty much always been a Bulls fan. Obviously, you know like coming out into basketball with Michael Jordan made it really easy too. Yeah, Where every yeah. kid that young is, you know, always a Bulls fan. <laughs> or a Jordan fan at least. Yeah. But no, like I was watching, you know, like I still had like an interest in the game, so I was, you know, watching I remember um Bulls Pacers, game six, ninety eight. I think it was ninety eight, uh ninety seven. Wonder Reggie Miller hits the buzzer beater.
0: Ah, game four, Bulls Pacers. Game four.
1: Okay, yeah, that I remember that game vividly. Exactly where I was, and you know, it's like you just grow to like love all these moments. And you know, it, it's yeah, it's just always been kind of where I've gone, at least where I started out. And then just kind of over the like the mid two thousands or so, I just kind of I stopped paying attention to all sports for a couple of years, <laughs> probably from like oh five to oh six. Kind of got back into around two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Um, just other interests and then like some family stuff where I wasn't able to pay as much attention to it and then doing this I kind of feel like it's become more of a job and that's the one thing that I didn't realize um, covering the Timberwolves is that when it's more of a job that's like if to me like if I was going to do it right I was you know going to have to remove that fan part of it Mm-hmm. And I think there are sometimes like where fans would be like, "You hate the Timberwolves." Like I've heard that too plenty of times, which is kind of funny.
0: Right. <laughs> um,
1: like I don't hate the Timberwolves. I, I respect the Timberwolves. Um, so I don't know that I would say I'm a fan now, but you know, I definitely have some appreciation for them, especially you know being the you know the franchise that gave me the entry point into my basketball fandom. It's
0: the same thing for me because I got into writing what 2008, which is when the Lakers made the finals for the oh, first yeah, that was time. Yeah, a good time. Yeah, for the first time in forever. Um, yeah, I kind of remember the fan part of it, like, after after a little bit, because it's like, you start talking to other players, and you start respecting them, you know, and stuff like that. It's like, ah, oh, you know, like, they all love the same game, you know, that that sort of thing. And, um, to me, it's like, the Lakers are, like, my favorite character in a TV show. Like, you just hope yeah. it does well, but then if they don't, <laughs> then it's whatever, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that.
0: Yeah, that's how that's how I look at it, and you know, people say, "Oh, you hate the Lakers?" Like, yeah, I got the same thing. To- I got death threats all over the- all over these years about like me hating the Lakers, me hating Kobe Bryant or whatever, and it's just like, guys, don't take it so seriously, you know? It's like there are some
1: fan bases though. I feel like L.A. and like I've been to L.A. once, yeah, and you know, they're like, you know, know, like, you know people wear Lakers, Lakers gear on. around town.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, I, feel I feel like, like I, it's I, like I, it's I, like, this I, the biggest I, fan base yeah. in the NBA. I mean, yeah. like, that's, like, been proven. And I feel like it's a very passionate base. Very much so. Um, it's not teetering on unreasonable at a <laughs> lot of times. Yeah. Whereas, like, Wolves fans, you know, there is definitely that diehard faction. And then it, this is a very spickle, or fickle sports market, though. So if you're not winning, you're not worth anyone's time because there are six other pro franchises in this state where, you know, people can inv- invest their money and their time. Like, you really do have to earn your attention um, in Minnesota so there really isn't the same with that but there's definitely that hardcore faction that never goes away that just you know persists throughout all the low years so there's some differences there mm-hmm. but, but I think the diehards that you know there's that kind of that commonality and intersection no matter you know how successful the franchise is where you know it's like oh you better respect my team at all times and everything they do is great when no not everything every anyone does is great
0: yeah, how are the links received there? Because I don't hear much about the sparks over here, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. It's not like they're that far removed from a title. Either. Yeah. Um. No, the links here. Um, you know, there are other people. You know, it's. There, of course, there are other people that are you know detractors of women's basketball, and you're never going to open them over, um, you know, arguing with them. But in general, people, you know, they know that you know they're the winners they're the ones that you know get the job done right um so the franchise is actually still held in you know high esteem and i think that's why in these last couple leaner years as the rest of the league has caught up to them that they still have that stature in this town of like oh yeah they're the ones that win titles mm-hmm. and, and you know yeah. not the other losers in town and, and you know what honestly like whether you know it's like People always, always turn out, out for the Vikings. Vikings. Um, the the wild, wild, wild are finally seeing, You know their, their attendance. You know mm-hmm. drop a little bit as the team gets worse, worse and worse. So and the, the wolves, wolves are. You know are well, you know wolves. where the Wolves are. <laughs> and you know the Twins are good. People are into the Twins again. Um, but yeah, so it's you know there's still that respect that people have for the Lynx, which I think is very cool, um, given how much the WNBA as a whole has come up, and you know just its and just how its depth and how good it is but also how much how many more people are starting to recognize that mm-hmm. so
0: i asked brady clawford this when i had him in a podcast but how is your basketball
1: game so i was always the tall kid yeah so you know i was, I was always put on the post i was never very strong so that was part of the problem right but, but they would always just say all right you're just gonna go down on the block and so i Basically, Basically, I never I had, had, I had to develop a jump, jump shot, dribble, dribble anything. Like, you know, my job play was to rebound, play defense. defense. Yeah. And, and that, that was my calling, calling card. card. If I got an open look, take, take the open, open look close the to the basket. Well, um, so, so as I grew up, like, I tried to become more and more of a post player. But now, like, it's hard and it sucks. Like, I don't like doing that. So now I just try to just run around screens and defenders and try to get open, take a few jump, you know, so I can just fall into hoisting jumpers by, like, the third pickup game. uh I'm fine with that. I don't know. The shot, it's it's not consistent. It's I don't know. It's probably fine. I don't know. I still always just focus on, like, I can always play defense. I like trying to frustrate the other person and throw them off their game. I think that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, they push, you push back a little bit. Like, I think that's a ton of fun. But also seeing, you know, like, who can you take off the drill? Because, like, you know, like, I'm 6'3", and I don't think I like, ever realize. I don't play tall enough sometimes, I don't think. Yeah. And especially, it's especially especially good when you can get like, when when they they put put you, the big big tall guy 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 on you, and you can get them outside, I think that's always a good aim. And And then force them to try and guard you on the perimeter always ends (laughs) up, because like the same thing with them, like they've probably never been asked to guard on the perimeter unless they played some sort of organized ball, which I never really did. Mm. Um, So yeah, I basically try to run around the perimeter and, you know, get an open look behind the arc or just, you know, get them as far inside as I could.
0: I mean you've seen over the years the game has really changed. It's like post 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 play step is pretty much dead at the moment. And we're more of a pick and roll type of basketball nowadays, right? So
1: it's more fun to play that way even, like yeah. when you try to like you know, bring some of that stuff to the pickup court. Yeah. Like I would rather Set screens and move, then just like post up, or you know, throw an entry pass to a guy and watch him back a guy down and <laughs> throw an ugly hook shot at the backboard.
0: Yeah, it's not effective, man.
1: <laughs> no, but it's slow. And I mean, I got to this realization: I was playing with some, this group that I played, I started playing with consistently, and my teams just getting run off the floor. And I'm like, I feel like we're just playing too slow, and the other team just gets set. And so, and I just stopped posting up, and you know, it just opened things up so much more, and we were actually able to be more effective because we weren't slowing the game down so much and giving the defense such a rest i think it,
0: it's so funny because like i started playing pick and roll in the late 90s because some of my friends and i like pl- watching the utah jazz which is weird mm-hmm. right because in the 90s it's all about individual individual play michael jordan all that stuff but here we are watching basic Carmelo malone john stockton plays and,
1: yeah, I mean, that's still good basketball. Dude. Yeah,
0: it's really good basketball. And then we do it on the, we do it on pickup, and people are so pu- are so puzzled why we're doing this <laughs> because <laughs> it's like it's again it, again they're rated on individual play, you know, score thirty points in a pickup game or whatever. But here we are just running the basic pick and rolls and they're so confused how to how to stop it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it keeps everyone involved, too, because it's not like, oh, someone's going to get the ball. And like I mean, there's so many different actions you can have out of the pick and roll, too. Yeah. It's like, is the ball hunter going to keep it? Is he going to throw it out for the pop? Like, you don't know. Yeah, And I, it's a lot, yeah, I think it's a lot more exciting to play that way, for sure. Yeah.
0: People know that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brady told me he has a sweet jump shot, so maybe one day, maybe in a summer league at some point, you two can play one-on-one or something.
1: Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. But I think everyone says that they have a sweet jump shot.
0: <laughs> I'll tell Brady Sometimes, it's, sometimes
1: it's true. Yeah, that's Sometimes true. it's not true.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, who am I to think that Brady's a liar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't really play anymore, though, man. I'm like 40... I'm 42 this year, and I'm, I just feel so beat up. Like, I can't yeah. think I can do it anymore. You know?
1: It takes a toll for sure. I mean, I think, like, it'd be one thing if, you know, we played, you know, like, guys just don't play, like, people just don't play one game and then go home. You know, if you're going out, you're getting dressed up, you're going to get your sweat on, you're going to play, you know, a few rounds, and there's going to be that horrible, like, sixth game that probably shouldn't have been played where everyone's dragging up and down the court, you know. So I think that, and then you just feel those effects sometimes for a day or two after, because, like, we're not... Like, <laughs> we're not talking about professional athlete. Yeah,
0: exactly. I know. I stopped playing regularly in my in my late 20s after I rolled my ankle. Then I got into writing. So that's how I transitioned, I transitioned into it. But, you know, I, I don't think... Like, I've just been so beat up anyway during that time. Like, I have a bad Achilles. I have a bad oh, shoulder. Yeah. It's like... If I try, and I can only play one way. There's just no way. It's like, oh, you can play in the over 40 lead and just play slow down ball. Like, no, I can't do that. Like, my mind doesn't think that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I have to go all out every time I play.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. Pretty much anything you do, you just have to go all in. No, the injuries are tough, though. I'm surprised that I didn't have a similar arc because when I was 22, 23, somewhere in there um i had six ankle sprains in four months including like a grade two where the doctor's like you know you were probably better off breaking this but you didn't so (laughs) and it just throws everything off and it just makes it so difficult and after a while i just had to stop after i kept getting hurt and just like i gotta you know just rest and it took several months before you know my ankle started to feel good again, and, you know, I've been fortunate lately, and that's too with, like, a dislocated kneecap in my Oof. past, so... Yeah, it's... I definitely know the struggle of the physical toll that it can take.
0: Yeah, plus you're tall, too. So, it's like, knees are not gonna be friendly to you.
1: No, well, that one was a baseball injury. I fouled a baseball off of it my hmm. junior year of high school, right into the kneecap and dislocated it. Oof. Yeah, it's... it's it's not my favorite thing.
0: But even still, like when you play ball, it's like for the taller guys, knees just wear down on you. you
1: know, oh like, yeah, that's man. always how. The taller you are, I think yeah. the less ideal the game is. Yeah. But it also makes you more ideal in other ways.
0: All right, so we probably you probably saw this on Twitter too, but there's been a lot of argument about sports coming back. <laughs>
1: Our yeah, fans, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been testier than usual when Twitter goes without yeah. sports for too long.
0: You know, it's because I've been saying this for like even from the first day. It's like I don't think sports should come back this year at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems so dangerous with the virus going around.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's definitely not ideal, and I don't think that I don't fault anyone. You know, like any player who says like I don't want to play for it, whether it's I don't want to be with my kids. You know, I don't want to be. You know, I don't want to expose myself, or you know, the risk of injury is too great. Um, I think for me, when I thought like, oh well, if they come back, you know, you bring back the sixteen, you know, the top eight in each conference. Like, sorry, Portland, you're three and a half back. You know, <laughs> thank you, but you're not necessary. Yeah. And like that's when it seemed to me like you're just trying to do too much, and you're getting too many people involved, and that's like one of the things with with the bubble. You know, that I thought it was supposed to, you know, limit the number of people there. It's like, well, then why do you have these six other teams? And, you know, that that part just doesn't make sense to me. But then, you know, like, you see, like, what some of these guys are concerned with. And there are definitely some players who are concerned about getting ill, getting injured. But it certainly seems like there are also a number who are just like, well, like, what if I get bored? And then the NBA is like, we'll give you all these movies and all this entertainment and all these other things. (laughs) And we see guys like Jabari Parker, test positive, asymptomatic, and he's out playing tennis the next day, and all these other guys doing pickup runs over the last couple of months. And it's like, you know, you kind of get these reminders like, there's still 20, 30-year-old people who clearly still have a little bit of invulner- or vulnerability, or invulnerability like, the, you know, like so many of us do at that age. Right. And you kind of see like – I don't wonder if the league's like, well, if they're going to be doing it anyway, well, if we can at least control the environment a little more than them going off into these random pickup games, going out with, you know, whomever into all these different places. Like, we've seen how that's backfired with, like, MLS and um, NSWL. Like, um, it's – like, there are a lot of bad decisions, and it really only takes, you know, one, person, one person's bad decision – Leading to an infection that just, you know, d- throws it off for everybody. And I mean, there's no risk anywhere. But yeah, it's I don't I don't think I know what the right answer is. I mean, I can definitely see, you know, all sides on it.
0: I mean, I get that it's probably really, really, really safe to be in the bubble per se. But again, you mentioned it. One or two people can just throw everything off. Um, I know, I'm very aware that the basketball tournament is going on right now. But I also read that one person tested positive and one team the entire team had to pull out because of it. So I mean, if it's not working for the basketball tournament, which is has, you know, fewer players, fewer teams, not sure I could work out with the NBA.
1: I mean, yeah, you have to I mean they're gonna it sounds like they're gonna be testing, you know, very rigorously, you know, everyone involved with the team. And you know, but just the idea of just contact with like basketball you yeah. know it's in general not a good idea but i mean i think the reality, like i'm also torn because i keep coming back to like well they're going to do it anyway yeah and are. i don't know that the right answer is to do that and like yes it's partially about money of course it is um, because the nba is a business and i think that maybe if they're i mean is there enough pushback from the player from players where they're like no this is not worth it to us just shut it down? Because it doesn't seem to be that reaction. I think that's kind of a fascinating thing to observe.
0: I think it's because like it could go against the collective bargaining agreement, I guess. I mean, they sort of mentioned that. I, I suppose. That. Yeah. I, I, they mentioned that about how if they don't finish the season, then it could be much different next year.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And I think, too, I think one of the things that we heard early on was, you know, oh, if they don't hit 70 games, you know, they have to give money back from the TV contracts. And, yeah, so I guess, the alter, you know, the solution then, it's like, well, so then you have all these people, not just players, but, you know, coaches, you know, who are older and staff and all that. Like, you know, one thing similar I saw, and I don't know if the NBA is doing this, like the NHL is like requiring teams to bring one social media person. So like you're you're forcing someone who's making you know, I don't know how much, but probably not a significant amount of money, to come down, to put their own health in danger, just to do their job that could could likely be done remotely in some way. Right.
0: Yeah, and not even mentioned the WNBA yet. Where did we just see that seven out of one forty three, I believe, tested positive.
1: Yeah, about. Oh I think someone said that was like five percent.
0: Yeah, and. Again, we're not even in the bubble yet, per se. And... Um,
1: I think they so, just got there today. The yeah. players are just starting to.
0: Yeah, and the same thing. It's like, you know... Um, it, it's, just, it's just such a dangerous thing to do.
1: <laughs> I know. Like, I don't... You know, like, going to the grocery store, you know, is still something where I'm like, mask on. Yeah. Everyone stay the hell away from me. <laughs> I just get in and out. You know, if I see someone, you know... You know, without a mask on, it's like, it's like you're not wearing pants. And it's like, like, what are you doing? And, you know, so I just can't imagine the idea of, you know, actually wanting to or feeling comfortable enough to play against, you know, to play basketball, you know, with other people. Like, that's just, that's just, I just can't get with that.
0: Okay, how furious are you about people not taking this seriously? Because I'm pretty furious about it. I have friends who went bar hopping the entire time bars were open, and it makes oh, me so man.
1: mad. Yeah, it's it's frustrating to watch because you know we could have we could have had at least a Labor Day, if not end of summer, right? If we all had buckled down, put in the work, and you know just swallowed our own collective pride, <laughs> but we were too cool to do that. So instead, of like the rest of the world that followed along, they're opening up, they're easing things, you know. Maybe they're still, still wearing masks. masks. And it's like, and I feel, and I feel like, like, you know, the lockdowns, they were effective. And the masks, they were effective. But then as soon as they start all these reopening phases, like, we all fall away from that. We saw it instantly here when people, you know, when we open things up a little more, it's like people, no more masks. And it's like, this thing didn't go away. Yeah. You know, it's still here. Yeah. We're all still trying to exist with this.
0: Yeah. I don't care if they hear this, but someone that I know, Okay, she said that her friend passed away from COVID yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, right? Yeah. And then, cool. she saw, and then she said that we saw her last month and she showed a picture of them to get her at a bar with no masks, no distancing from like a few weeks ago. And I'm like, you're probably the problem. What if she caught it from you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't think that you know like you know like were you a carrier you know were you just a a symptomatic yeah like we just don't know with these things and I think you know like even if you know everyone wears a mask and like everything goes fine and you know hey like you know we didn't maybe it wasn't necessary but hey we're all healthy and you know we're not we're not ill and dying unnecessarily but you know here we are you know like it doesn't have to be this way and it's just getting worse and worse by the day. And yeah, it's infuriating. It's sad. And you know, it, it, there just is, I just don't have that confidence in, you know, our leadership that it's going to get better anytime soon where someone's going to put their foot down and be the adult in the room and say, okay, this is enough. We need to, you know, get serious about this.
0: God, I don't even want to get into that, (laughs) but I'm just saying that, dude, like, is it really necessary for people to have a bar night while like 130,000 plus people have died in this country about this virus? Like,
1: and mil- yeah, yeah. And millions infected. And you know, I mean, not just the bars. I mean, so I will say mm-hmm. I was supposed to meet up with a friend for dinner a couple weeks ago. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna get takeout. We're just eating in the parking lot, socially distanced and safe. Like that would be fine. Well, I get there and you know, like, oh, we're going to eat indoors. And I'm like, uh, really uneasy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a nice a nice setup at least where all the menus are disposable, servers were proper protection, everything, everyone socially distanced. You know, like, I think restaurants are still only 25% here in Minnesota. So, you know, like, every other table was open. So, you know, the social distancing was still there, you know, and you just kind of, you know, still mind your own spacing. But still, like, that's very unnerving, and I don't know how you could – especially go to a bar like you know where i don't think bars are very sanitary and then people are you know like when you're drinking you're not thinking like how close am i to this person like oh am i starting to get sloppy and spitting when i'm talking and right you just lose awareness of all these things and you stop paying attention you know lower your inhibitions that you should have towards these things that you know are kind of our new normal and it's you know it's dangerous and we're seeing the consequences of that and i mean i even worry about it when I see like 30 plus people gathering you know my apartments you know for a cookout it's like you guys what are you doing none of you are wearing masks you're all sitting shoulder to shoulder under an umbrella like like just because you're outdoors doesn't mean it's safe if you're all breathing in each other's air and in direct contact with each other
0: it's just crazy man like Ugh. Like I've see, I've read articles where they said they've done everything right, where they mat or their mask, their distance, but it doesn't keep you co- it doesn't keep you completely safe, and then they got COVID. So, I mean,
1: no, and I mean, I think the thing with the mask that people are like, oh, what well, doesn't stop you from catching it? Yeah. No, but it makes it more difficult for you to spread it. And two people yeah. wearing masks, you know, it's it's an incredibly low transmission rate. So if we all just bucked up and actually just put our masks on yeah. you know we could be in a much better place
0: yeah definitely so i don't know because all the guests that i've had on this podcast it's like yeah we're probably gonna be like this for a year a year and a half probably
1: hey it's sarah spain from espn and you're listening to the ray ray is fundamental podcast
0: so what now like what if what if what if the bubble is, is successful what if the WNBA goes through without Without any in, in, incidents or anything, what do you think what is gonna happen after that
1: well i don't I'm not so sure about the w schedule as far as their timeline and what they would do because I mean really, like November is um like free agency and off season, and then you know draft is in April. I don't know how much more they could rush that timeline I mean I can't imagine players going to play. Overseas, Or, you know, maybe they are. Maybe that's the only place they're going to be able to go play if they want to play. That's true. Yeah. You know, so that's actually a really good question. Um, and how that affects what the W does next season. You know, because they've built a lot of good momentum these last couple of years. Um, But I really don't want to see, you know, the NBA turn around for the 2021 season. <laughs> Six weeks after the end of the 2020 season. I mean... I feel like that's going to be worse than the 99 season. Yikes. The lockout short year, you know, the back 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 to back back to back to back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just, that's incredibly dangerous. I would think as a player thinking like you don't have the rest, you know, your, your body's just not used to that kind of toll. So yeah, I really hope, you know, you know, at some point, you know, I mean, I think they give it a go and, you know, maybe they do and they've, I don't know. I just saw someone said Brandon Ingram where he's not confident in the league <laughs> being able to finish the season, which is not really a ringing endorsement. But you know, I think that's you know a good sign of awareness maybe for you know where guys are starting to to get to with this, and you know, I think it's just, it's going to depend on a lot of things. I think, and if people can respect the bubble and you know and realize this is not just about them, and you know, you may be bored or <clears throat> lonely. <laughs> um, and not wanted to break the bubble for anything and actually, you know, because this is bigger than you know any one person. yeah, you know, so if this has to happen, I think that you have to real, you know, like guys have to realize I mean this even goes for your team employees, Disney employees too. like this, a lot of people are affected by this and you know someone who may think that you know they're just a small part in this piece, I mean, it wouldn't take a very significant component. To derail this whole thing for everybody.
0: Okay, I will say this because again, I've been kind of anti-resume uh, the season this entire time. But I will say that whatever I say is not gonna change their minds. Whatever you say is not gonna change their minds. So, right. All I all I'm hoping is for the best. With that said, where is the line?
1: Yeah, I I honestly don't know that. Um, you know, it's it's hard to see like when you see, especially like somewhere like Florida. <laughs> and you know, like, people aren't getting sick in the bubble. I mean, I think that's the thing. But you look at just like the resources around them, and it's like, okay, well, if you have this public health crisis, you know, what what resources are you drawing away from a community that is in need? And so I think that's you know that's not nothing for sure. So I don't really know what the answer to that is. I mean, do you start having you know? teams, you know, pulling up voluntarily or, you know, you have a outbreak on a team. You know, that's something, obviously, that someone smarter than me is going to have to figure out, but it's... You know, we're really going to find out a lot about where the league's, you know, risk tolerance is for this sort of thing.
0: Man, now that you put it that way, is that kind of bad optics where, yeah, Florida Florida's in a huge health crisis right now, and the others are like, let's play basketball!
1: Yeah, and you just, I think you just hope that they're finding an outside way to get all those tests in. Yeah. And, you know, it would be, you know, if there is a way, you know, to give back to the Florida community. I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily, you know, come up with more ventilators or hospital beds or anything vital like that. But you want to make sure, too, that, you know, you're doing this in a way that doesn't harm the environment around you. And that you're actually able to still, you know test your people for safety, but also ensure that the citizens around you are able to have their needs met who, you know, aren't, you know, really stakeholders in this whole thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Alright, Derek, I don't want to end this on a bad note. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite uh, sports moment as a fan?
1: Oh, man. Favorite sports moment as a fan... I can think of a couple. Uh, I was at. Oh, I've actually been at a few. So I was at Brett Favre's very first game. Uh, oh, no, he didn't a play Viking. In that game. Yeah, okay. yeah, as a Viking. Um, no, he didn't play in that preseason game. So scratch that. Um, <laughs> I remember the 2002 playoffs against the Spurs. Game three at home. Um, it was a three to one sweep. Not a sweep. Three to one. You know, the Spurs won, and just the energy in the building was just so electric. And, like, when like I started writing and the wolves were so bad, that was when, like, I would go to games and I'm like, this is so depressing. I mean, one of the last times I was here, this place, you know, the roof was blowing off of it, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just crazy and loud. And, you know, and I think that really just kind of helps cement. You know know, my fandom, and I think that's something that when you you have have a franchise like then goes 15 years (laughs) without a playoff appearance, you really deprive you know the younger generation of those same moments that are so important to becoming a fan. Because like I remember like when you know like I was a kid and I picked my favorite hockey team. Like I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan because they were on TV in the playoffs in 1997, winning Stanley Cups, and like that's still stuck to this day. And like you have all those moments and those memories and. Those things are valuable. So, like that was kind of like, so that was very formative for me. I think, um, and being an you know an NBA and even a Timberwolves fan, um, even if that fandom kind of evolved, right? Um, you know, since being on the beat and actually doing this as a job.
0: Uh, Would that be it? Or
1: yes, okay. I think that's it. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, and here you are, you're going you're gonna to cover the Seattle Storm for the WNBA, and you're going to cover, obviously, the. you're still going to write about the Wolves and, and the Lynx, I believe, so, I mean, it's not bad, right, after being a fat for so long?
1: No, yeah, and I think, you know, I think it'd be cool to get out to some Blazers games and try to cover some of those, too, and, you know, get to know a different team, and, you know, see how different teams do it, I mean, like, I've been around, you know, like, Terry Stotts and that Blazers team before, and, you know, it seems like... Seems like a pretty good group, and then I think finding ways to commute up to Seattle whenever there's we're actually able to go to cover games again. Yeah, Um, you know, because it's only you know moving to Portland, and it's going to be you know two three hours away from Seattle. I think
0: it's three hours. I've done I've done the trip. It's three hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we actually did it back and forth twice Mm -hmm. because we flew out of Seattle Mm -hmm. and we went down and stayed in Portland for a few days, then went back up to fly out. (laughs) It's actually not a bad drive. Like i have definitely yeah made worse drives up here so yeah yeah i'm I'm looking forward to it and seeing you know what it brings next
0: yeah portland's a really nice community i i did not have one bad single moment there even though i'm not decidedly white but it worked out for me (laughs) so you know it was a culture shock for sure because i was like wow it's like 95 percent white well not really but you know that's all i saw basically
1: it's very different yeah. from you know the southern california yeah, area definitely. for sure yeah yeah
0: all right so go ahead and tell tell the people where we can find you on the internet social media and all that stuff Derek.
1: well you already said where i write for uh <laughs> my twitter handle is just at Derek james mba um if anyone ever gets verified make sure you like your twitter handle because you can't change it or <laughs> you lose your check mark and i wish i picked a better handle um but yeah it's Derek james mba
0: See, now I'm curious. Like, what kind of would you have picked instead of their J's NBA?
1: I don't know, man. Anything else would have been better than that because what I realized is that, like, so many... God, I don't want to sound condescending when I say this <laughs> And it's going to be a really hard not to. You know, like, there are those Twitter accounts that just, like, spout wild takes over and over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're... Probably some of the more aggressive ones and they usually have MBA at the end of their yes. handle after their first and last name yes that's what I kind of wish I got away from and what I really considered but the thing was like I didn't actually care about being verified because to me it's like I still have my audience I still have a job like it doesn't really change my credibility one way or the other um, but some people think it's important enough so like I've just kept it but yeah I really wish that was one thing that I considered before I actually got verified
0: at least you're verified I was never verified I'm probably a dog actually. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's if that's the case if you didn't want to pick Derek Chase NBA what were your like if, if the kids remember what was your aim handle or whatever
1: so I used a lot of like what did I use like Dare T. James like 1988 nothing oh, okay. ex- nothing too exciting okay not a lot of imagination
0: i mean my my first aim screen name was master ray 5 cuz i thought i was a master of something and my favorite number was 5 so creative
1: yeah that's at least personal and you know actually thought out i'm honestly sure that when my mom set up our, like family computer that was just like the generic yeah. thing that i got
0: well, that's fair I guess. Anyway, thanks for coming on. Uh that is Derek J Derek T. James 1988. On <laughs> <laughs> this is Master Ray 5. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Guys, never forget, Black Lives Matter. Game over, yeah! Hashtag blame Ray. Ray.